This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free of the chains Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Come to you from Faith Talks Studios on Camelback Road, and it's just Beautiful looking at the view and seeing the mountains here, and I just love the desert. And So our show, in addition to airing in uh, cities in Phoenix and Las Vegas and the U.S. and the podcast, it also airs in on Hope FM at the south end of the United Kingdom. And it's been airing for several months now, and suddenly we've been getting more attempts at hacking into our website from the UK as our as my IT guy tells me so i guess somebody doesn't like the idea of opening up this idea of sexual sin in the united kingdom and i'm going to read you a couple of statistics so from a survey of uk christians 75% of christian men view porn at least monthly 41% of christian men admit to being addicted to pornography. Again, this is in the United Kingdom. 30% of church leaders view porn regularly. 10% of Christian men have paid for sex. And then 90% of Christians believe the church does not adequately support those struggling with pornography. So you've got this huge epidemic and just about the vast majority saying we need help with this stuff and the British are the world's second largest consumer of pornography. To my shame, I have to say that the U.S. is the number one consumer and producer of pornography in the world. And the things, the statistics I've read to you are pretty much similar in the U.S. So we have in the U.S. just as big as a problem with porn and And as I've shared before, when COVID hit in March of 2020, our groups and counseling just shot through the roof, which showed that the real church under the hood has a big struggle with these issues. And and so the British are the second largest consumer of porn in the world, the United Kingdom. And when it comes to each session of viewing pornography, the length The British stuck around longer than any other European country, averaging 9 minutes and 40 seconds. And then a survey of 2,500 UK school and university students showed that 60% watch porn to get information about sex. So this is where they're going to learn about the mechanics of sex and what it's all about. And moms and dads, this this should just freak you out. And I had on the show a little while ago a mom 
who whose son got hooked at the age of nine and confessed to her when he was 17. So moms and dads, you cannot assume your sweet little Jimmy or your, or your daughter do not have a problem with this. You have to ask them from time to time. 75% said that sex ed at school was not practical and rated it fair, poor, or terrible. 75% said porn creates unrealistic expectations and 50% said that issues they need to know are not available in class. So where are they going to fill in that hole? They're going to pornography. And this is the thing we need to get a grip on. If if we lose our youth, and we are, to sexual sin, we will lose a whole generation. And I've talked about before how the numbers show that 80% of Christian youth are walking away from the church. And then 80% of UK teens say porn is too easy to access or stumble upon on the internet. And so today, I have a friend of mine from the United Kingdom on the phone. Arwell Jones is a good friend of mine, and he's also leading some new groups we've begun by Zoom. And so, Arwell, welcome to the program. Hi, Mike. It's great to be with you once again. So, uh... From your perspective, talk to me about what you see with the porn issue and among the church in the UK. Is there a problem or is it just like, are we just like throwing numbers out that don't mean anything? No, I think um, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you walk in through the doors and when you start talking to people, um, you'd think there wasn't a problem. It's, um, it, it's not something that uh, spoken about it, it's a hidden problem but when you do start you know scratching the surface and uh, you know asking those those probing questions to um, you know individuals and um, you know leaders in the church then um, clearly um, you know the, the, those you, you can't get away from the statistics and it is shocking you know 75 percent you know three quarters of the men in church it, it's on, on one hand, it's unbelievable, but then on the other, you 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 know you you realise actually yes, this is what's happening, and it, and it's so hard because it's uh, it's become a, a, a taboo subject that, that people just don't know how to even start the conversation. That's that's the trouble. So, what do you see in UK churches? Are pastors talking openly about sex, and are they? Offering effective biblical answers on how to overcome it, or, or what? What do you see? The, the, it's it's just not spoken about. Um, I mean, we're, we're very lucky in in our church, I guess, in that our pastor has uh, some experience of of helping people with uh, problems with pornography, um, and you know. But even then, it, it's something that that still uh, difficult for, for him. He doesn't have all the answers. Um, and, um, you know, but if you look, if you um, go to other churches, um, it, it's hardly, well, it, it, it's never spoken about, certainly from, from the pulpit. Um, and, uh, you know, even amongst men's groups, you know, I've been involved in a number of, of men's uh, groups, men's ministries, where you'd think that, that Topics such as this would be uh, 
um, at, at least spoken about or, or, you know, there'd be some teaching or, or something. Um, but it, it never, ever uh, spoken about. At least that's my experience. You know, I can only go by what I've seen and what I've heard myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, what about youth? Do you hear about, what do you see about sex being talked to about with the youth? Yes, again, it's the same, uh, the, the same really. Um, I have very little experience in, in youth work and, uh, you know, I've not spoken to many youth uh, leaders, if you like, but, uh, you know, I do know some. And uh, even they, you know, find it very difficult and, and uh, you know, shy away from the subject. Mm. Well, when I think of Scripture, one book that sticks out is Song of Solomon, where he talks about describing the woman's body along with her breasts, and then you see sex talked about all the way through Scripture. So being it's all through the Bible, what's your take on why this is not being opened up? Gosh, that's a very... That's a very good question. I don't really know what the answer is to, to that. I think, you know, uh, perhaps it's that many of, of the leaders themselves have, you know, had issues with, with um, pornography or, or sexual issues. And I think that, you know, the, the church has a very um, bad reputation as well in how it, it's handled uh, sexual issues. You know, if you, you hear stories about, um, you know, things being covered up. Um, you know, so it, it's become a, a something that, that, you know, the church doesn't really want to open up about this because if you start peeling back the uh, the, the layers and, and realizing what's going on, you know, um, it, it, it makes people who are looking in from the outside think, well, you know what? You know, they don't look very different to us. <laughs> mm. um, and and that's a, a, a shock, really, you know, because as Christians, you know, as, as true born-again Christians walking with Christ, people should be able to, to tell that there's a difference between us and somebody who's walking in the world, you know, and, and, and not Christ-like. Mm. And, and I think that's part of the problem, you know, we, we, we don't aspire towards um, holiness. And it, it's a very difficult, um, you know, subject, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's something that, you know, I, I myself, you know, when, when, when I first started reading, uh, you know, the Bible about holiness, I thought, oh my goodness me, how on earth do I ever come close? Uh, you know, it, it, it's so difficult. And, and there are very few resources as well you know, because of that, you know, there, there have been um, a couple of, of conferences that other organisations have set up in the UK. Um, I've been to a couple of them. And speaking to those guys who organised the conferences and tried to bring in um, church leaders and, and pastors and, and uh, you know, youth leaders, they, they said it was, it's been very, very difficult to... Um, you know, to get people to come along. Hmm. We we had one conference that I went to, one of the first ones that I went to, um, which was in South Wales. 
And, you know, you think about, a, you know, a, a, a big city where they've got dozens of, of churches. I don't think they had anybody from that city. And they'd managed to, to get maybe 20 or 30 people uh, from the UK as a, you know, as a whole to come along to this conference. And it's a huge issue, isn't it? You know, 75% of, 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 of men in the congregation accessing pornography, and yet, you know, you multiply that by the number of, of churches there are, you'd think that, that the pastors would be, you know, jumping up and down and, and looking for solutions and, and, you know, looking for resources to help people. So um, it, it's very difficult to know why. Very difficult. Hmm. So when I first met you a couple of years ago at a, the convention and spoke, that must have been kind of an anomaly. Yes, yes, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I mean, I've had my own issues with pornography, um, and you know, I've worked through that, and um, you know, to come across your ministry was was you know refreshing, um, and you know. Obviously, I'd, I'd love to be able to help other men who are going through similar issues, you know, that they're not alone, because that's, you know, the, the, the problem, because it's not spoken about in church. Mm. Um, you know, people are reluctant to, to open up about the, uh, the, the difficulties they have, uh, and, and that's part of the problem. You know, they, they feel ashamed of, of you know, what, what, what they're doing, um, and they certainly don't want any... Um, you know, publicity or, or, or any, you know, anybody sort of uh, being made aware of that. You know, it, it, they feel shame. And it's a very difficult emotion and, and a feeling to, to handle because you just want to hide, don't you? You know, when you feel ashamed of something, you, you just want to curl away and hide. Mm. You talked about stories of people covering up a minute ago. What? Who's covering up what? Oh, I was referring to, you know, you hear about it on the news every now and again that, um, uh, you know, that, that church organizations have um, had sexual sin going on and abuse going on in the in the church. And, and uh, you know, they've covered that up. And instead of dealing with it, um, you know, those people have, have been maybe removed from that situation, but they've been allowed to continue. Um, in the church as as leaders, um, and the, you know I, I can't give you specific examples, but you do hear about it on the news and, and see it on the TV. Um, you know, and, and the, uh, these things have happened in the in the church. Mm. Yeah, we see a flow of stories here too, where um, a church leader is being accused of sexual harassment or. Or whatever it is, and he's still in the pulpit. And um, there was, I think, there was one guy who was a pastor. Just recently, I saw this article a week or two ago where he'd been accused of molesting like ten, eleven, twelve youth, and he's still up there yeah. speaking. So <laughs> this is not yeah. a rare issue that you're bringing up. Yeah, and you know, it, it shouldn't be that way, should it? You know. Um, you know, the only way of, of dealing with these kinds of things is uh, openly. 
you know, and of course, I, you know, I understand, you know, if you've got an issue, then the last thing you want is openness. Mm-hmm. But there, there has to be some uh, safe place, you know, that they can, uh, you know, that they can go to, um, that they can speak about, they can feel, you know, that they feel that they can open up. Um, and get the help that they need because the you know as you know yourself the worst thing is the secrecy and the um, the loneliness of of this type of of um, difficulty. So Arwell, my friend, you are now leading a couple of groups mm-hmm. for us. Uh, one is a prayer group and one is a men's support group. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. That's right. And so those of you who are listening in the United Kingdom and Europe, this is for you. These groups are for you. And so, Arwell, talk about how critical it is to be plugged into a group on a consistent basis with other guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the key things, really. If you've got um, issues with with pornography or with, um, you know, sexual addiction, then you need to be speaking to somebody. You know, that there's so many, you know, things that you need to, to do, really. We can't cover it in in one call. Um, but one of the things that can help is to have a group of, of men who meet together, who are comfortable speaking openly about their issues. And, it, and, and that it's a safe place for them to speak about their issues, you know, that, that it's confidential, you know, dealt with in a, in a confidential way within the group. Um, you, you know, and, and, and the way that happens, you know, clearly is that everybody's there because they have similar issues. And the last thing they want to do is, is for their issues to be made public in any way. So, you know, confidence is something that, that you know, we have to respect um, within the group. But in terms of, of um, you know, accountability, it, it's just a start, isn't it? You know, you need, you perhaps need to do a bit more than just, um, you know, speaking in a, in a or going to a group once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of other things that that need to be put in place, but it, it's a start, you know. And I would urge anybody, really, you know, if they if they um, are struggling with this, you know, come along. You, you know, you don't have to open up straight away. Um, essentially, it's a prayer group. You know, we're praying for each other. We're, we're supporting each other. We, we know the kinds of stuff that, you know, we're going through. And, you know, we, we can empathize. We, we can, you know, um, you know, build people up as well. Because it, the, the shame that they feel, that's not what God wants. Um, you know, once we are... You know, once we, we take hold of the problems that we've got, we take it to the cross. You know, and, and Jesus died so that he could take our sin and our shame. And the, the, what Jesus wants the most, it's our honesty, it's our openness, you know, our, our hearts to be open to him. And then, you know, he can do a work in us, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, you know, in us can change our hearts. But it starts with us. It starts with us being obedient. It starts with us surrendering 
um, ourselves really and saying, hey, you know what, I've got a problem. I don't want it to be a problem anymore. I need help with this. And, you know, I'm coming to you and I'm going to, you know, take all the help that I can. That's the first step, really. Mm. And what time do your two groups begin on UK time? Uh, the, the men's group starts at um, uh, 6 p.m., uh, 6 p.m. on a Thursday evening. And the um, the other group, which is for men and women, it's a prayer call, um, and that's at 7.30 on a Thursday evening. And so for those of you listening, if you're in the U.S., you can still participate, even though Orwell's in the U.K. We have people who participate in our U.S.-led prayer groups from the U.K. and Europe. So this is not just a U.K.-only thing that Arwell's offering. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it, that, that's the beauty of, of um, you know, this this kind of um, resource, isn't it? You know, using Zoom, you can access that from anywhere in the world. And, um, you know, time zones are, are sometimes trip us up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's open to anybody, really. And talk about the prayer group for men and women and maybe talk about a little bit about your experiences on the Wednesday morning group. Oh, that, that's, that's been a real blessing, hasn't it? You know, I, I've been involved in that now for... Um, uh, we started before Christmas, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And that, that's a, a, a real blessing for, for everybody that comes on to the call. Um, and, um, yeah, there's um, a, a guy there from Germany... Um, several people from from the US. I think we had uh, somebody from Canada once. Um, but again, it, it, it's a group of like-minded people, um, men and women, um, that either have had problems themselves, maybe, um, or have you know suffered the, the the consequences of of that in somebody close to them. Uh, and it's uh, you know we we just get together and uh, we we start with a um, maybe a few verses from from the Bible um, that the leader's chosen for that that call um, and then we pray as the Spirit leads us and it, it's it, it's really powerful it it's you know it's really blessed everyone that that's been there to know that. You know, you've got people all over the world that are actually praying for you this moment in time. Mm. You know, it, it, it gives you comfort and it gives you strength to deal with whatever you're facing as well. Well, I'm a huge believer in prayer. And, you know, from Acts 2, we know the early church was devoted to fellowship, mm. teaching and prayer. And we know when they pray for boldness, the walls shook. And Yeah. Um, so I really want to encourage those of you who are listening, men and women, to participate in our Wells group, the 7.30 Thursday night group. That's UK time. And I don't know if I have my time zone right, but in the U.S., wouldn't that be like 12.30? Uh, yes, it would, yes. I think it is. Um, is it central time? Um, yeah. Oh, I think it's 12.30. I think that, yeah, mountain time would be 12.30, so I think you were seven hours behind here in Arizona. Yes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but prayer is so critical, and we've seen miracles just from prayer alone, and I've heard others who've 
participated in the Wednesday morning prayer group that Arbel's talked about, who have talked about feeling like they encounter God a lot of the time. I mean, prayer is where our power is. Prayer is the barometer of our spiritual strength. Prayer is critical. So I want to encourage all of you to to get in touch with us. Let us get you in contact with Arwell. Men, if you're struggling, please don't wait. Men, if you're in the UK, please don't wait. This thing is not going to get better. If you're admired in sexual sin and it's become a bondage and a stronghold for you, this is not going to get better on its own. A lot of men have tried to do it on their own, including me, and it doesn't work. So, Arwell, we got... 30 seconds, whatever you want to say to the audience. Yeah, you know, don't don't think about it, just do it. You know, get in touch and, uh, you know, let's start the ball rolling towards your healing in, in the name of Jesus. All right. Thank you, for my friend, and uh, thank you for joining us. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.